Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Press Row. Behind the scenes stories from the world of sports media. Press Row. Inside and interviews from around the sports world. Now, here's your host, Jonah Siegel. Jonah here in the Press Row, Valentine's Day edition. Today, I get to talk to my old friends, Sakaris and Price from Vancouver. Sakaris, you may know, is my first podcast guest I ever had way back before podcasts were even a thing. He's also the only person I ever called to let them know he was out of a job when I learned that Bell was about to cut the cord on sports radio two years ago, almost to the day. Many people have thrown in the towel on their sports media gigs when they got let go, and for reasons we can all understand. However, like the old quote, which many have attributed to Emerson, this duo chose to not go where the path may lead, going instead where there is no path, and leaving a trail. Here's my interview with Sakaris and Blake on their new show, which is now two years in the making, the Canucks, Mayor Mayor Giuliani, and much more. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back. Leave in the press row. It is a overcast. Isn't it always overcast in February? It is an overcast Valentine's Day here in Seattle. Jonah Siegel. Very, very thrilled. This is a long overdue, a, a multi-time requested, hard to get on the books uh, podcast <laughs> episode with my good friends from down the road. What is it? The 90? What does the 90 turn into? The I-5. I-5, buddy. I-5, I-5. Yeah. I get some... You know what the problem is? Sorry, Sakaris and Price from Vancouver, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> You know right. what the problem is? When you move to new places and you got GPS in the car, exactly. you, ne- you never learn your way around. Like phone you, numbers. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know phone right. numbers anymore. I don't know freeways or interstates. I do know we've said yes every time you've asked us on the podcast, though. And no, with very a, little delay. No, no, it's so not the, it's not the yes. Or, no, no, it's not the yes or the no. It's the scheduling. That's all. Right. It's just, ah, just okay. you know. It's getting By the on way, everybody. we love where the weather system is breaking. Yes. It's beautiful here. This it's is an absolutely gorgeous why you live in Vancouver type of day. I mean, it's maybe even 10 degrees Celsius and the sun is out like you can play golf. So we all, we all know how thrilling weather is. So <laughs> yesterday, yesterday, this is so for, for everyone east, this is how shitty it is here, right? Like mm-hmm. I went to the mall yesterday with my daughter to look for something for Valentine's Day. We left the mall. It was probably 50 degrees, which is five, seven degrees. I think. Yeah, 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 somewhere in there. We walked out. It was pouring rain. It had dropped to 38. It was freezing. By the time I went out after to pick up dinner, like two hours later, there was a small dusting of snow on the ground. Oh, wow. When we ate the dinner, thunder and lightning and a, a pretty healthy dusting of snow. School was postponed this morning by two hours. What? Yes. <laughs> and, and there was literally nothing on the ground. Yeah. Nothing. Wow, that's strange. So he grew up in Winnipeg and Mississauga. I grew up in Calgary and Ottawa. And He being Price for those not Price. And you move out to the West Coast and you realize how easily snow days are attained. Right. Right. I had the same thing. I moved to Washington, D.C. And I got up early because I was going to be walking to work. And I get up and I turn on the TV and the news is like the tickers going at the bottom of the screen and every school district is closed. I'm like closed. 
There must be like a monsoon outside, right? There's got to be 40, 50 feet of snow. And I go outside and there's a, like literally a quarter of an inch. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Life is hard. You know what? Yeah. Just give us yeah. a break every but, once in you a know, while. Like driving up and down some of those hills in downtown Seattle, I wouldn't want to be well, out that's there. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's in there. Inappropriate tires it's there. On those hills. And it's the people that live in in the sticks that can't get the kids that can't get into into the more right. suburban areas, right? The buses and all that. But anyways, how are you, boys? That's why you had us here, right? To talk weather. Absolutely. Yeah. To God, talk appropriate and inappropriate snow days in the Pacific We don't talk North weather. Island. We don't talk politics. Anything else goes. All right. So how are you? What's going on? What's new? What's exciting? We're fantastic. Yeah, we're uh, we're primed for uh, NHL trade deadline here at the beginning of March. We've just had a fantastic month listener-wise because of all the zaniness that's going on with the Vancouver Canucks. They keep us hopping. They keep us on our toes. And, uh, you know, day by day, Jonah, we learn more and more about this uh, digital space that you've roped us into and all the different uh, comings and goings of this ever-changing industry. Yeah, so the, the Canucks have been a gift because they've been a train wreck for years now. And uh, it's really unbelievable when you look at the digital charts. Um, you can have upwards of three to five Vancouver-based podcasts in the top ten uh of the national charts you know competing against far bigger markets like montreal and toronto which should have legacy shows that that are at the top every week but um vancouver has just got a lot of storylines so we're thankful for that it's a pretty connected province and online community we saw that with the canucks going back like 10 12 years when they were one of the better run organizations in all of pro sports like they were a leader in digital they had some fantastic people working for them kevin kinghorn was you know behind the scenes planning all that and we would hear stats about like just how many people would visit canucks.com and they were early on the content creation side of things so you know we've been really talking to an audience that's been well schooled well prepped for the transitions that we're seeing in 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 larger media trends so yeah um response has been uh, excellent um here in bc for the two years we're coming on two years jonah that we picked up our radio show and moved it to to the digital space here and uh of course you were a very uh a very useful sounding board for us my friend so thank you for all your help so so for those who don't know when when you cover the media like i do you know we, we i talk to people and 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 part of it is is there's a lot of trust mm-hmm. and you know, you're you're both in the media, and people say to you all the time, "This is off the record," and yeah. and and hopefully in your jobs, because it is your job, you respect that. With me, it's not my job; it's my hobby. Um, I respect it because I I have nothing to gain by not respecting it. Um, certain things do keep me up at night, and 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 you, Matt, you and I have known each other a long time. You were the first guest I ever had on a on a podcast. Yeah. Uh, Steve McAllister heard I was doing this down at the College of Sports Media. He put you and I in touch. Yeah. And I will tell you, like, <laughs> when I found out that your show was being canceled, uh, right. I, I was really conflicted because I view you as a friend. Yeah. Um, well, th- the first thing I'll say is that Steve McAllister knew a sacrificial lamb when he saw <laughs> one. <laughs> he threw me to the wolves. I, I was a young reporter at the Globe and. And, uh, you know, go test out this Seagull guy and his mm-hmm. podcast. 
Um, the second thing is uh, I remember it clear as day, and we just passed the two-year mark, what, February 9th, not even a week ago, where I'm sort of waking up and going through my usual routine. We were the PM drive show in Vancouver, so we started at, what, two or three, whenever it was. So I'm just sort of sitting there reading the day's sports headlines, and I, and, uh, I saw your DM pop up. Uh, and it said something like, call me. And I was like, hmm, that sounds a little bit more alarming than normal from Jonah. And uh, you said something along the lines of, uh, Matt, I hate to tell you this, but I think they're shutting your radio station down. And I was like, wow, okay, could be. And then you said, uh, check your email. And I did. And sure enough, there was an email there from the uh, VP of Bell Media, Western Canada, James Stewart, calling us all to a a teleconference call at 9 30 30 minutes later and so you were spot on about that and um then blake and i started getting texts from jason bruff who was our colleague who was on air at the time uh telling us that the mics weren't working and they, they lost control yeah, yeah. he sounded he, he sounded a lot like break. he yeah. sounded a lot like espn radio or something yeah so um yeah, so you you were the guy who basically informed me uh, that uh, TSN 1040, which was coming on nearly 20, its 20th year anniversary, debuted as Team 1040, was uh, about to have its format changed. I felt... And I know so... you feel guilty, but you shouldn't, because like I was going to get the news from somewhere, and I'd prefer to get it from no, someone like you. Guilty, so. guilty is the wrong word. I, that's what I wanted to talk to you about briefly. Uh, conflicted is definitely the, the word. Okay. And... Not that you're asking me, but I, I what I decided was if it was you guys getting broomed, I wasn't making the call. Because the network was shutting right. down entirely, gotcha. Gotcha. I made yeah. my peace with that because I didn't say, hey, you're about to get shit canned. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. It was they're changing the whole thing. But Jonah, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. there had been some changes at TFN, TSN Mothership a few weeks beforehand. Like I want to say it was Kristen ja uh, Christian Jack and this yeah. Natasha's Dan Dan and yeah. Like yeah. I think there had been some some changes at TSN a few weeks earlier. And you had mentioned to me, Matt, I don't think they're done. And I know I had asked the question to my superior and some people I knew in the company going, are they done or could there be another round here? And, and, you know, got a lot of, well, we think that's it, you know, certainly have no indication. And, you know, I got to hand it to them. They, they executed with military like precision on the day they but, shut. But the very three. peculiar. It was actually just a week apart and it was very, it was just a week. Yeah. It was oh, very, okay. very peculiar because um, if you're going to do it, why don't you just do it? Why, yeah. why, why, if you're going to do it in stages, do it months apart. Right. Well, why a week apart? That always, uh... well, because they needed us to unpack Tom Brady's great Super Bowl victory. That's against right. Patrick Mahomes. That's CPD right. Property. Yeah. And, and then the Tuesday we were gone. So, well, I'm going to tell you that, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And while not always obvious at the time, it sometimes takes longer. I think you guys are way better off for the fact that it happened. Um, I don't, I, I'll tell you this much for sure. I listen to you way more often now than yeah. I ever did before. And I know people here who are hockey fans that listen to you now more than they ever did before because it happened. Yeah. 
we don't need to talk about pocketbooks, but I think your show has improved <laughs> because it's happened. I think the form, I think you guys are happier on air. You sound happier on air. You report to yourselves. You don't well, it's have. A short, it's a shorter, more concise show too. So it's a way more digestible thing. Um, you know, radio has its limitations and its blessings. Um, the live part, we always loved. We always loved breaking news and covering that live. Yeah. But for the other 85% of the year where it's not, where there's nothing breaking, hmm. then you're giving a more curated and more predictable show for the listener where they can tune in, press hmm. start, and they get the top stories from the beginning rather than, oh, I'm in the car now. I wonder where they're at in their show, you know? So yeah. um, there's 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 blessings to it. And, and there's a, a few every now and then negatives to it. But for the most part, we uh, we are enjoying it. And uh, to answer your question, yes, uh, the pocketbook thing doesn't quite equate yet. We built a business from the ground up. There were some startup uh, startup expenses. Um, Our we, Venmos are at the bottom of the screen right now. You can uh, <laughs> see, uh, you know, uh, in our position at least towards the end, you know, radio paid pretty well. Of course, uh, and showed up and you did the show and uh, and look, you know, the and the one thing you know, that will pick your brain on continuously, Jonah. And I just finished a, a, a newspaper interview with a reporter who, who, um, who cared, uh, who cared to bother about the switch of Canadian media consumers to digital. And, you know, he asked me all sorts of questions about how the show was going and um, look, um, you know, just looking at the industry, it seems like some advertisers and agencies have been a little slower to come on over We've had a pretty tough year with the economy here, as somebody said to me, you know, months ago when hockey season was about to start, you know, if enough people just talk about a recession, whether it's real or not, it will be a recession because people are just not spending mm -hmm. money. But, uh, you know, needless to say, this past hockey season has been a little bit of a tougher go with broader economic, um, broader economic trouble. Um, but long term, I think we know we're in the right place. Like, Jonah, I may have told you this before, but, you know, I sat in on a Globe and Mail meeting out here when I was in the BC Bureau a number of years ago and had somebody at the front of the room talking about how many millions of dollars they were going to plow into a new publishing plant. And I just got an uneasiness in my stomach and went, God, I've always just wanted to work for the Globe and Mail and be in newspapers. And this is my paper and this is my spot. But I just don't know if this industry is going to sustain me uh, for what's left uh, of my career, of which there were decades. So um, I think if I was in radio right now, I might have the same sort of pit in my stomach. So in my real world, I work in technology and tend to be on the retail side of things. And I find that so much of what we do and live in is gobbledygook and, and we get stuck in alphabet, what I call alphabet soup. And we're, we're so worried and caught up in labels and what we call things. And I used to work at Holt Renfrew and there's one in Vancouver and, you know, we used to talk about, are they shopping online? Are they shopping in store? And the buzzword back then when I worked at Holtz, when we were going online was omni-channel. And we wanted to empower, we wanted to empower the consumer to shop however, whenever on whatever they wanted. Mm -hmm. And and I was talking to somebody this morning about what you guys do. And that is 
we're so caught up in this talk of radio is dead. Like, okay, radio is dead. If, if that makes you feel good to say that terrestrial radio is dead, then fine. Radio is dead. But what we're really talking about is listening. And the the act of consumer listening is not dead. Mm-hmm. And right. we've empowered listeners to listen on whatever, however, whenever they want. And people are going back to work. And when they get into their car or when they get on the treadmill or when they're on their Peloton or when they're just out for a walk or doing whatever, they're choosing to tune in to whomever on whatever and listen to whatever they want. So we can talk about radio being dead, but active listening, be it music or talk, is far from dead. Well, the synergy that we're seeing there, I think, is that um, it it seems like an old-timey thing to just listen. Why wouldn't you watch something while you listen too? But the the thing that, that counters that is that in our society, doing one thing is not enough. Right, everybody, you got to be doing all, one thing, and well, so you can listen whilst you do well, whilst you do work. <laughs> you know, a lot of people will listen while they're typing away in a project, putting together their PowerPoint, whatever they're doing. Uh, they can listen to something. They were, as you chronicle, working out whatever it is. So, uh, I think what we're seeing, it seems to be a renaissance. And ironically, I was never a radio listener before I got into radio. I wasn't a podcaster before I got into podcasting. Um, but it's all the rage. It's what people are doing. And um, yeah, who would have thought that listening to something would would never go out of style, but it's not. Well, and I mean, no, no disrespect when I use this label, ironically, we all have ADHD mm-hmm. and, and it's why TikTok is so popular because it's these small bites of audio visual entertainment that's curated very well to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're all trying to be a little bit more outdoorsy. We're all trying to be a little bit more active. And if I can consume something that's engaging to me, that's directly to me, yeah. then I'm going to do it. And the smart outlets, whatever those are, are doing it in bite-sized yeah. segments that I can say, oh, it's a gambling one. I'm not interested in that. Oh, they're talking about soccer. I'm not interested in that. Oh, they're going to talk about the Canucks. I'll listen to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dreger's coming on. I'll, I'll listen to that. Or, oh, I don't want to listen to Mike John. Like, whatever it is, I can pick and choose a whole variety of topics that are now interesting to me. Mm-hmm. As opposed to sitting in the car where we used to go push, flip, 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 flip. You don't have to do that anymore. But well, I, the behavior is the same. And, and Jonah, and first of all, it's incredible you use the word omni channel because we encountered that this one just last mm-hmm. week. Um, one of the things that I think has changed and will continue to change, and certainly since the last time I talked to you and joined this show, and I've got a, an example uh, of it uh, as recently as Friday, where an older gentleman I know, a successful business guy here in Vancouver, who several months ago basically asked me, how do I listen to you? We used to listen. I used to listen to you all the time on 1040. How do I listen to you? And I walked him through how he could follow the podcast or how he could listen on our website. And I saw him at dinner on Friday and he said to me, Matt, I've figured out how to get you guys in the car now. See? Game changer. Right. right? Because uh, first of all, a lot of the cars of a certain vintage, the technology just isn't there. You know, you can't uh, stream to your car sound system. 
Um, and that those that do have it, and some of the early ones were a little more complicated. Now it's like push button simple mm -hmm. for a lot of cars, particularly newer models. And so the more and more you've got people in these newer cars who just with the push of a button on a display screen can get to our show, that's what we're excited about. Because, you know, to be frank, the demographic of our show has gotten younger in the two years that we've gone to the digital huh, space. It stands to reason. See, right? that's my younger point. people. Yeah. So, so, you know, we, we've actually specifically marketed and, and targeted that older sports talk radio demographic that didn't come on over to us in the digital space uh, in the same percentages, uh, you know, that uh, the younger listeners did. And, and of course, we picked up a bunch of younger listeners. So, you know, that's that's big for us, you know, making sure the 55 year old guy can still listen daily because he knows how to get us in the car um, has a lot of potential there. And how often are you guys worrying about the fine folks at Numeris these days? <laughs> I'm I'm my own Numeris now. Uh, he he lets me stew on the, yeah. uh, the spreadsheets. Yeah, and... so Blake crunches all the numbers yeah. for us. Uh, but but you ever look? But you ever look at Numeris? No. Uh, sometimes I come across it. Yeah, uh, just so. as a fascination. No, right. And, my um, so so how nervous do you think they are? That's my point. Like well, talk about a dinosaur. Quite, quite frankly, they should be because you know I I I don't know how you put those numbers out there and, and think it's embarrassing and it's representative. Embarrassing. In today's world of big data and micro targeting and all the things that it's not, we can do to gauge, it's neither data nor big. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, or representative. Actually, Jonah, maybe no, no, and that's the big part, yeah. right? Like there are careers at stake here. Um, that are being uh, decided, you know, decisions are being made on people's careers and futures uh, based on small sample diary books. So uh, I, I may be talking a little out of school here, but but Blake and I hosted an advertiser event a year ago in December. Conference. And, conference, yeah. And, and they uh, they asked us to put together a little welcome video. And so we put our welcome video together and there was a punchline about Numeris. Well, it just so happened the Numeris table was right behind us. And the glares we were getting from the people at that table was still... <laughs> yeah. Well, well, they deserve Anyways, it. Well, they anyway, deserve it. Yeah, well, you know... They built a paper tiger. So, I mean, yeah, they deserve it. Yeah. It's no different, with all due respect to the taxi drivers showing up at the airport going, what, where, where's my business gone? Yeah. You had an option to change. Yeah. You know, you, you've enjoyed yeah. a monopoly for as long as you have. Customer service was not your thing. And you, you decided to, to screw the customer. And guess what? Yeah. Life passed you by. Especially here in Vancouver, Jonah, it was fundamentally the worst taxi cab city in North America. <laughs> you could be at a downtown Vancouver hotel and wait 20, 25 minutes for a cab on a rainy Friday because night. The, the Four men would have to explain sheepishly why it was taking so long. The analogy like works better if the previous taxi industry took people to the wrong direction, to the wrong places, because... That, well, let's that, not talk about your airport, because I've got yeah. horror stories about your airport, okay? Numeris so, was taking you in the wrong direction. So, so I've got some Vancouver questions, and, and let's, leave, let's leave politics aside, I promise. But who did more damage to their reputation? Mayor Giuliani or Jimmy Rutherford? 
Oh wow. Mm, wow. Um I mean talk well, about a guy like Jimmy Rutherford comes to Vancouver. He didn't need the job. No. Right? Like like if he doesn't take that job and he sails off into the hockey sunset, he's won cups. I don't know if he could walk on water, but it's pretty damn close. What like the guy's got a stellar reputation. Hall of Famer, right? Right. Yeah. Like I I don't think too many people had bad things to say about the guy. Yeah. Until, so until his hair dye starts leaking. I was just gonna I'm, say, I'm going yeah. Until he becomes yeah. the until he becomes the punchline in a Borat movie. No, no, no. no. Now uh, we're talking. Now we're going politics. We promise <laughs> politics. Those are facts. Hey, Those you are... brought up mayor. You brought up America's mayor. But he could have. Um, yeah. I mean, let's not talk about what he did. But you know. Yeah. September 11th comes wrong. Mayor Giuliani was the man. Oh, right? yeah. Right. No, absolutely. I saw the recent uh, the CNN uh, yeah. talk on him. Um, but, I mean, he still might be in some legal trouble. So let's I'll leave him alone. for the mayor. Um, but you're right about Rutherford. A- and yet, Jonah, uh, if I can borrow your taxi cab analogy, it was pretty well known about around the NHL what working for this ownership group is like. All right. So, so had I just, done his okay. due diligence. He would have known this is a high maintenance interventionist ownership group that has specific beliefs on how a team should be built and how um, year in, year out, they expect to be in the playoffs and rebuilding isn't for us. And But that's off ice. He's even admitted on the ice. He is surprised by how much work needs to get done. So yeah. even, even on the ice, he didn't do the due yeah, diligence. And now he's pledged to, quote, zip it. And not speak publicly as much. So, but wasn't that the answer? Wasn't that the answer earlier? I mean, wasn't that the wasn't that a big part of the problem that he was talking too much? Well, not only talking uh, on two levels. Number one, virtually everyone around the league knew he was looking to replace the coach, and then he came out publicly, and this was extraordinary. Like I don't think Blake and I had ever encountered this in our career. He came out a week before they actually fired Bruce Boudreaux and said that, yeah, he had talked to other candidates with That's the caveat. Well, I'm not looking to replace him now, <laughs> but you were. You and know, we all know that stuff happens, but you yeah. don't say the quiet parts of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, he didn't have permission to fire Boudreaux. And that needed to be the first domino to fall here. Yeah. And they rushed their fences. Boudreaux was never Alvin's guy. And Alvi and Rutherford wanted to back his new general manager, and rightfully so, because for those who don't know, the coach was hired by the owner, so they did it ass backwards. And you know, the Vancouver Canucks have been a study in bad process for a decade now, and that's why they've been one of the one of the worst teams in the NHL for the last ten years. It's hard for fans to appreciate that there's only thirty two jobs, yep, and that when you take one. You have to report to the owner. Right. Because they're not easy to come by. Nope. So when you take one. You and they're kinda... not easy to wield, Jonah. Like you're reporting to people who have done almost exclusively in their lives winning. Very few billionaires are familiar with losing. More importantly, and... hang on, more importantly, sorry for interrupting. More importantly. Okay. They're certainly not used to people around them saying no. Exactly. So they're not used to no. They're not used to losing. And worse yet, so many of them define themselves by their ability to make money and the successes of their businesses. So it becomes an ego thing. And you have to cater to that ego. 
that has proved very challenging for many a sports executive. And, and I would rank this franchise in this ownership group with the, uh, with the biggest and the highest that I've encountered uh, in terms of, uh, um, you know, how, how much of a handful they are for the people in their charge. So my, so my reading the room, right. That at the end of the day, the mess that is right now is an ownership issue. Well, it's the it's the constant, right? There has now been how many head coaches? Six head coaches in the last ten years. Um, three different management groups, but really four different managers. four different managers. Yeah, um, in the last ten. And uh, and the same old, same old. Uh, questionable decision making, certainly no winning. Um, so yeah, I mean that's the that's the one constant. And now that he's making news in and of himself. Um, that's not good. That's not a good look for the franchise either. So yeah, I mean that's. Uh, we would certainly like to see what this franchise looks like with somebody else at the helm. Would would they be in half the mess that they're in right now? Is there any? I mean, there's always a chance, but how likelihood? How likely is it that there is a change at the top? The biggest problem with ownership change at the top is is that the bread and butter of their business. They have other things too, but is is uh, development. And and that whole area of downtown, needless to say, still has some open space that can be developed. They want a piece of that. So the team is almost inextricably linked to development downtown. Mm -hmm. Uh, They want a piece of all that. So if it does happen, it doesn't seem like it's anytime soon. It's a very expensive plot of land that Rogers Arena sits on. And now there are towers, rental towers attached to it, Jonah. So it becomes an extremely complicated transaction you could sell the team without the building but who does that anymore right yeah Mm -hmm. it sucks because we landed the kraken here in seattle and the one thing that i thought we would get immediately was a rivalry yeah Mm -hmm. and the one thing we don't have at all i know is a rivalry and the first part was covid like okay because nobody's going to games but okay covid's gone ish whatever that means. And we still don't have a rivalry. Yeah. I was really looking forward to it. Um, well, two things there, my dude. Number one, the very first game down in Seattle, Canucks assistant equipment manager, Brian Red Hamilton has a mole on the back of his neck that Seattle medical student Nadia notices, yeah. puts the note up, say you should really get that checked. Yeah. Out. Sure enough, it is cancer. She saves his life. So you have this love fest. Yeah, it's Valentine's yeah, exactly. Day, I'll say it. Uh, and, and rightfully so, like that's the important part. And then the Canucks went out and won the first five or six meetings, you know, like the Kraken hadn't won one in, until the most recent one. Yeah. So. What this rivalry needs is the Kraken to pee a lot. They've already got the first one under their belts now. Uh, if the Kraken win the next two or three, and Vancouver fans really feel the sting of baby brother has passed us already, yeah, uh, that might help. That might help. And of course, you know, one day, hopefully, a playoff series, although. It seems like there's a lot of momentum behind a one to eight conference alignment in the playoffs these days. We'll so I'm see. not sure how long the yeah. divisional format will last here. And of course, if the Canucks and Kraken can finish second and third and get that first round series or, you know, a wild card versus the first place team. But we're a long ways from that, Jonah, at least on the Vancouver <laughs> end of things. So what are Canucks fans hoping for out there? Are they hoping that this Connor completely Bedard. right? Yeah, I mean, that's the, the downside is like most recently we've seen a 6-1 loss to the Detroit Red Wings on home ice. 
Um, so people want Bedard. They want in the vacuum. They want to know, okay, we got the top pick. We got Connor Bedard coming. But, man, it seems like miles away. And to have to pay money. Remember, people still have money invested in these games to go to the rink and watch the Red Wings drub you 6-1. to one. Boy, it's going to be a long couple of months until uh, they're able to uh, wait for the draft lottery. People are uh, very hopeful for Connor Bedard, Jonah. He may well be the best British Columbia hockey prospect of all time, and that is saying something in a province that produced Burnaby Joe Sackick, Paul Korea, Scott Niedermeyer, uh, and some others. I mean, even recently, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, our first overall mm-hmm. pick. So we, you know, we're accustomed to seeing uh, very good hockey prospects in this province, but I'm not sure we've ever seen one like Connor Bedard and the way he lit up that World Juniors, like utterly dominated it as a 17 year old. I mean, tongues are wagging here. If the he's a Canucks fan too, he makes no bones about that. So you know, if the pride of North Vancouver could wind up in Canucks colors this June, I think instantly you'd have a cure all for everything that ails the Vancouver Canucks. Well, I was at a business event here two weeks ago, and somebody mentioned the name Lindros with Bedard when it came to the Canucks. Have you guys heard that too? Well, we've 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 thrown it around, but it just—he's a very upstanding kid. He's got none of that same sort of hubris that Lindros had coming out of junior. I, I, his mom's I cannot... not, his mom's name isn't Bonnie. No, I was going to say, I'm not sure there's a Bonnie and Carl here, Jonah. Who knows though? Um, you know, obviously he lacks the sheer size and power of Lindros, but he's not going to stand up whoever draw. Uh, I wouldn't, him, I wouldn't so. think so. No, no. Uh, but I mean, like he is that level, like we've done shows and we've talked about him in the vein of a Connor McDavid, a Sidney Crosby, a Lindros, a Mario, you know, your, your uber number one overalls. Uh, I, I think he's in that category. And you add that to Pedersen and Hughes. Yeah. And like he ain't Chris Phillips or Alexei Lafreniere. No. I'll say that. So in your market, when you're not talking Canucks, mm-hmm. what are you guys talking about? We're talking Lions, Whitecaps, Seahawks, and, and NFL. Yeah. Uh, we're talking Canadian National Soccer. That's obviously been a very big uh, story this past year. So we're talking that as well. Uh, as, as you all know, my dude, uh, Seattle Mariners and Toronto Blue Jays fans, this is sort of like our red deer or midpoint where the battle happens. A few more Blue Jays fans than Mariners fans, but needless to say, the M's fans have uh, the upper hand bragging rights after the playoff series of last year. So there was you know, a baseball gets... season last season. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> Are people so getting excited for baseball season? Yeah, and and of course NHL at large. I I say our biggest disappointment in our new show uh, for the two of us. Uh, we had a great Seahawks insider, Greg Bell from the Tacoma News Tribune, who we just think is a fabulous writer. Yes, he's, he's terrific. Greg, yeah. Just a good friend too. And we just realized that we probably couldn't spend the amount of time on the Seahawks that we used to, and so we we've stopped having him on the regular on the show. He was on yeah. not too long ago, but. Um, but yeah, we just we really enjoyed our discussions with him, and and we enjoyed deep, deeper dives into the Seahawks, and and we don't lend ourselves to that yeah. anymore. Jonah, we've basically synthesized our guest list to people who can talk Canucks or NHL at large, and if we need to branch out, we go and find those guests to talk on one-offs. About yeah. yeah. So the Alouettes, I see, were reclaimed by the league today. Yes. Yeah. Is there any 
concern of something similar to that in the, in BC or everything's good there? Oh, oh gosh, no, no. It, there might have been two and a half years ago, but right now the, it is a honeymoon period yeah. with an owner that is throwing everything. I mean, I mean, BC could be behind Winnipeg and Regina, like maybe the rosiest picture in the CFL, uh, honestly, yeah. like even ahead of the Alberta teams, like in terms of just health of ownership and, and uh, devotion to the crowd, to the product. I mean, uh, it, it's changed. It's done a total 180 <laughs> yeah. for the Lions in the last couple of years. Yeah. It's a good turnaround story. The new owner, Amar Doman, he's a local guy. It's clearly loves the sport. It clearly loves the league and the team. And, and he's also gone off and done things, Jonah, for the fan base here. Like they brought in, one Republic for a free pregame concert to start wow. last season. They drew 30,000. Something big's coming again. They this had year. their first home playoff game in a half decade. That drew uh, a big crowd as well. Uh, he has capped the prices of drinks at the, for the pregame party that's on the plaza here, Terry Fox Plaza. So you get a $5 beer or a $5 cocktail. And he's even recently said, you know, I realize inflation's a thing, but inflation is not going to affect uh, our ticket prices. So he, he's really sort of wrapped his arms around the public and they've uh, returned that in kind. An MVP quarterback didn't hurt either yeah, this the Canadian year. But, quarterback yeah, was yeah. quite a story. It was uh, an unforgettable summer there till he got hurt. But they draw it. They draw fans. That's that's the. They do. They're back to draw fans. Yes. Yeah. 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 It, it, I, I mean, mean, we'd love to see 5,000 more on the regular mm -hmm. there, but they are in a bit, way better spot. Yeah. They, better they've spot. averaged over 20,000. And I think there's reason to believe they can do better this year if the team holds up its end of the bargain. Well, that's awesome. Well, it's really good to see you guys. I hope yeah. uh, with COVID, as I said, hopefully in the rear view mirror ish. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's ever going to be gone, but. We're now dealing with it much better. Yes. I haven't been in your city in way too long. Um, Ditto. I used to be there every six weeks, uh, mm -hmm. at least. I haven't been up there in in three years. So I'm hoping to be back up. up. Ditto for me in Seattle, Jonah. In fact, I was going to ask, uh, is it July that the Blue Jays are in town? If we can all come and just crash at your place. We're trying to save costs. Absolutely. Start up. Not a problem. Uh, Happy to have you. At Absolutely. I've yeah, already got sure. my hotel book because I've got Tay Tay tickets. That oh, weekend, that's too, right. So. Taylor Swift and the Blue Jays yes. in Seattle. You're the one. You're the one who got the Taylor Swift. Yeah, I, got through. <laughs> I got through. All y'all are jealous. <laughs> Will the city still be standing when the Swifties and, and the Blue Jays fans? Yeah. She's not playing Vancouver, that's... huh? No. Interesting. Oh, yes. Very interesting. We got a venue too. Like BC Place does a lot of. I saw. I saw. I saw you two there on the last yeah. tour. Yeah, it was I've cheaper to get tickets there, there than came through here recently. The weekend and oh. like some really huge acts have yeah. come through here, but no, she snubbed Vancouver. So that's too bad. Yeah. Well, I uh, I will be making the drive soon. I hope uh, once the sun comes back in May or June. Right. Uh, hopefully, I'll be making the trip up. Like to see you and um, well, the Leafs are there before they yeah. come here. The Leafs are here actually the day after trade deadline, Jonah. They're here March 4th. So all of Kyle Dubas, Lawrence Gilman, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, war room yeah. trade I deadline that, is going is to be in a Vancouver hotel here. And somewhere. I think they're here the next day. Yeah. Yeah. The game's the 4th, March the 4th. And uh, I think Springsteen is doing the exact same, I think. No, really? I think Springsteen is here right after. Oh, wow. I know some Torontonians are going... To see the Leafs in Vancouver, the Leafs in yeah. Seattle, then Springsteen. 
Well, put it this way. Um, I can't remember the Leafs coming through town this late where they've been this good and the Canucks have been this bad. It is going to be, be a ugly. total blue and white crowd. And red, because it'll be a bloodbath. Yeah, because, well, because like, there's a lot of Canucks fans that sell their Leafs tickets just to offset the cost of season right. tickets here because they can get an arm and leg for them. I don't know any Canucks season ticket holder who'd want to hold on to those tickets. Oh. Be the minority in your own state, in your own arena, and you know, turn down several hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And I yeah, know how much Canucks fans love the fact that the game starts at four o'clock on a Saturday oh, yeah. night. Yeah. It's totally fantastic. Fine. They but really the, love that. Here's the thing, Jonah. Security at Rogers Arena loves it because the seven yeah. o'clock start would just be a little mm. too late. A little too much runway and yeah. pregame. Right. <laughs> well, those games are fun. It's fun yeah. to come up there for that. And uh well, people may bitch. It's it's a good rivalry in that building, and it's good fun. Toronto yeah. versus Vancouver and it is. EFC Whitecaps is yeah. great. Too. I mean, it's it's all fun. Yeah, yeah. and it's a good come time on, to visit do it us. Anyway. Come, we'll get you a room here at the Wall Center downtown. You come see nice. the studio, and we'd love to catch up. All right, I will let you know when I'm coming. Do the same if you make it over here. It's always good to see your faces. You can hear them all the time. They're on Monday to Friday. Not that that matters, as we discussed earlier. You can catch them on the internet, Al Gore's Little Toy. And uh, they are great to listen to. Thanks for for doing this. And uh, we will see you next time in the press row. Thanks for listening to today's episode in the press row. If you want to appear on, advertise with, or get in touch with me about the press row, you can reach me via email at jonah at yyzsportsmedia.com or at yyzsportsmedia on Twitter. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time in the press row. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 